Welcome to Spectrum, the show that discusses news and topics that affect Southern Nevada and the surrounding communities. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Welcome to the program. The Las Vegas Aviators inaugural season in their brand new ballpark has been nothing short of spectacular with record-breaking attendance and a team that is as exciting as we've seen here in town for quite some time. The end of the season is near and I thought it would be a great time to look back at the past few months with Las Vegas Aviators team president and COO Don Logan. Don, welcome back. How have you been? Good. How about you? Great. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Congratulations on Las Vegas Ballpark being voted as BaseballParks.com Ballpark of the Year. That's pretty neat, huh? Yeah, it is. It, it, it Certainly it, it is and it should be, so I'm happy and uh, I'm glad for that, but we worked real hard on this, so it, it's neat that it's it's like that. In good company, I know that past honorees have been places like PNC Park in Pittsburgh and Petco in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, again, you know, that's one of the. I told somebody the other day the the benefit we had is we got to go to all these other stadiums that have been built and try to pick their brain and figure out what worked and what didn't work, and then uh, pretty much, uh, you know copy some of the great ideas or improve on some of the ideas that, that make them work better. So it's it's been, it's great. It really is nice. Just uh, It's another, you know, this has been a, a storybook year for us, and it, it just keeps going. You did have time to do research. Have, have there been others, without naming names, other organizations where maybe they were a little bit rushed and they kind of screwed a few things up? Uh, I don't know about, I would say probably, uh, I, I will tell you what I do know has caused most of the, the situation. You know, one of the things, it, it, certainly at the minor league level, that a lot of teams did, and I don't know that it was a timing issue as much as it was a cost issue, but they, rather than putting the locker rooms, you know, down underneath uh, the stands, which is obviously traditional and what much more it it just flows a lot better the place functions a lot better a lot of people yeah. have built the locker rooms beyond the outfield wall and so you know then the teams have to walk in across the field and you know that i know i can tell you having been involved uh on the periphery when sacramento built their ballpark uh they were up against a uh they're right on the river they're literally on the uh uh, I think they're on the American, not Sacramento. They're on one of the rivers up there. But in any event, they had some issues as they were when they were grading. They were they got too low and they got to the water table and their time it did mess up their timing. And so one of them they came up with is that they built the locker rooms in the outfield. And Rayleigh Field is one. You know, it's 20 years old this year. It's one of the real beauties in our league and in all of minor league baseball. And but that that's just not the the right way to do. You know, the locker rooms and weight rooms and everything, it's best to do it like we did it. Money thing more than a time thing, I think. You know, and having gone to a few games now this wonderful season, I can tell you that Las Vegas Ballpark really does have a big league feel as you walk through that concourse, and there's a real sense of community with the fans. Everyone's just kind of beaming as you walk past them. Yeah, it, it really, you know, and I think it's partially by design. I think the wide concourses are a big part of that, uh, having the, the stands out over, you know, pretty much covering from, you know, most of the way down both foul lines all the way around behind the plate. You know, it it, it does have, it, it feels open, but uh, but you feel, you know, you feel secure in there. And we got the fans now with the heat moving the air, so it's, it's comfortable. 
we've got all the different carts for the food and beverage. You get the smell. That's one of the things that yeah tell people is you. I've heard that comment a lot. And one of the things is you. We've got the smell. We've got uh, Nutty Pat doing his thing with the, uh, the the pecans and the almonds and the cashews yeah. and things. And that you smell that. Of course, popcorn is a big part of it. The you know they're cooking the burgers right behind the plate and then grilling the onions right there. And it you it really does add. It, it it's almost like a sensory awakening that you know this is what a big league park smells like because a lot of minor league parks are open air or just one level and they don't have you know that the, the smell just goes up in the air and you lose it but the, the smell is a big part of it but that's the way it's built you know having the kitchen on the the same level as the concourse having the what i call devon's wall the, the the founder's wall and the scoreboard in the outfield it, it definitely has a big league feel and a big league look to it and uh, you know that uh Again, it's another great thing that uh, that we've got that has worked out very well. You know, the food selection is tremendous. I had one of those bratwursts at your park a while ago, and it was one of the best brats I've ever had. And I'm from Wisconsin, so that's saying something. <laughs> a lot of effort went into picking the food here. Maybe too much effort, I think, sometimes. <laughs> but no, it's good. Everything's good. Has the first season in this park exceeded even your expectations? I mean, besides the attendance, which has been unbelievable, but everything else? Oh, yeah. I, I You know, I, I knew it was going to be good. You know, I think, Jim, that something that you learn, that hopefully I've learned over 36 years of doing this, uh, there's a there's a difference between a uh, a minor league ballpark and a major league ballpark. The that That's obvious in the size but I think as much as anything, it's location. Because if you think about where a lot of the new major league parks are located, there in the in the urban core, and you, you know, you mentioned before San Diego, PNC, and Pittsburgh. You know, they're right down there. They're a part of the uh, downtown of those two areas. Uh, San Francisco's like that. You know, uh, that are neat new ballparks. And but at the minor league level, it's different. Simply because you know we still play. You know we got seventy games. I got eighty-one in the big league. So you're playing all summer long, and it's it's I think more important at this level to be accessible, and it's just easier. It's easier if you even if you live in Henderson. Uh, Art Manteris was here last night, uh, racing sportsbook director for stations, and Art right. in Boulder City, and uh, he commented that it was a lot easier to get here. Obviously, he worked right across the street, but he came from Boulder City here, and he said it was a lot easier than it was to get to Cashman. And you don't think about it like that, but it is. And I, I think that, you know, I didn't realize how important that was going to be. And so, yes, the you know, nights like last night, it doesn't surprise me. Like, I yeah. knew it would be very good on our, our promo nights, you know, $2 beer night, uh, giving away a pint glass, uh, Red Rocks logo and our logo on it. That, you know, we... I knew that was going to be good, but the the really the and Sundays were good during the day, obviously, and they always happen until it gets hot. But now, you know, Sunday through Wednesday is good, and that I would tell you surprised me. I'd, I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Finn the Bat Dog, just a stroke of genius and loved by everyone. Does he have his own locker? Oh yeah, he's, well he's got he's got his <laughs> cage, his pen in the in the <laughs> locker room with you know he's got his his. Uh, 
his bowl there to, to drink out of. He's got his fire hydrant to take care of business. Well taken care of. Who is that dog, and who? how did you find the person who was able to do that? Actually, a guy approached me a couple of years. We had him in Cashman, you know, uh, and uh, the Frank, the guy that, that he, Frank had a company, it's called Sit Mean Sit, and I had a, a friend of mine whose father was his accountant. And he said, you know, this guy's got a great idea. Uh, he trains dog. He trains animals. He, he mostly dogs, but he can train other animals. And sit means that it, you know, if you have a pet or you don't have time or you don't know how, uh, and, and he, he, you know, there's no slapping him into submission or doing anything like that. I mean, Frank, he's just a magnificent with animals and knows how to uses the whistle to teach him commands and things. Yeah, so it's not it. It's not like it's Bobby Barracini with his monkeys. No, it's not Bobby <laughs> spanking his monkeys. The, so the uh, you know he he came to us and said, "Hey, we want to. I got this idea, and I've got a puppy that I'm training to retrieve bats." Okay, oh yeah, right. And he he's, <laughs> and then what Frank's done is he's franchised this the the business. So he's. You know, he franchised it. He sold locations. He, he teaches people how to train and use his way, his, you know, care and comfortable way. And you can see, I mean, Finn, and, and he's got a couple other dogs he's brought out that he's training as well. And just they, they're they unbelievably responsive, but they're sweet. You know, they'll lick your hand and sit down and shake your hand. They're, they're you can just, they're good dogs and this guy does an unbelievable job i think finn's got like five million followers on oh my gosh so uh, he's a pretty popular dude <laughs> i would think by the way when a player is sent down from oakland for whatever reason some of the uh, pain goes away when they see your facility no doubt you know yeah. Canna was here for a rehab assignment earlier in the season and then he said the only thing better about oakland was payday <laughs> Steven Piscotti's here right now. I'm sure he probably feels the same way. And oh yeah, and that, that's uh, it, it's it's a great place. You know, it really is. Your team is pretty explosive offensively. I, I was reading about that game recently where they hit 11 home runs in one game in a 2011 win over El Paso. That's some kind of a record, isn't it? Team record, yeah. And uh, yeah, if anybody knows our history, we've had some very talented offensive teams through the years. Again, Johnny Cruck and Kevin McReynolds. And, I mean, Ozzy was not a offensive threat when he was here, but Benito Santiago, the Alomar brothers, Joey Cora, Gerald Clark, Matt Kemp, Bonnie yeah. here. I mean, you think of the guys that rolled through here. To have any record is, is pretty impressive. For my way of thinking, because I saw quite a few of them, Sandy Alomar was probably the best that I saw come through. You know, I think, I, I, again, I Sandy's one of my favorite people, period, that I, I've uh, come across in my life and in my career, so I'm bias toward him and I, I absolutely have, you know back-to-back uh, minor league MVP when he was here we won a championship in fact uh, Steve Smith who managed that team was here the last couple nights with, to check out the new ballpark but you know if you really think about to me you know his brother Robbie's in the Hall of Fame you know Robbie didn't play here very long because you know when he got to AAA and they saw that uh, he he didn't miss a beat uh, offensively or he was never going to miss defensively he went to the big leagues but you know I'd say Robbie uh, unbelievable talent I, I would tell you we were talking about this again last night uh, five tool guys and to yeah. me, that's kind of the, the determinant in terms of of 
you know who's really really special that we've had because we've got one here now uh and you know i think matt kemp you know matt was when he came here they had uh, we had matt in center andre ethier in right and uh james loney at first <laughs> Darwin young in, in left field andy laroche chad billingsley uh, Russell Martin, uh, Eric Gagne. I mean, that Dodger team. How the hell we didn't win? I don't know. That you know, in terms of Sandy, certainly one of them. But I, I you know, I would say Mateo that we had now. Uh, Jorge, he's this kid's phenomenal. I've never. He's the fastest guy I've ever seen. And uh, you know, I've talked to scouts and everybody around other teams that I know, and nobody's can come up with anybody that runs like this guy ever you know so that and if he's got 18 home runs he's hitting over 300 he's got over 70 rbis and he's a gold glove defender so yeah he's pretty special matt's pretty special robbie's pretty special we had a guy actually back in the mid 90s who had a good big league career derailed by some injuries thomas howard and oh sure played quarterback at ball state and then first round pick and thomas could do everything uh, he blew out his shoulder early in his big league career and never really realized the the talent but i, I would say those guys you know they're, they're pretty special but and that's what i'm saying it, to people you need to come watch mateo you don't these are generational type guys i mean i think we've had four or five in our history and this is our 37th season with that kind of talent, I mean, it's a tricky time of year as you uh, are approaching the end of the season because that means that there are there are sure to be some call-ups. At the same time, you guys are perhaps getting ready for the playoffs. It's always a juggle, isn't it? It is. You know, I, I like the new rule, though, that, uh, you know, the trade deadline was a, was an absolute, you know, 4 o'clock Eastern time yesterday, and you saw the flurry of activity, but now you, yeah. you know, before, you you know, that was the non-waiver trade deadline, but through the whole end of our, through the rest of our season, guys could get moved if they cleared waivers, and that was always kind of a half-assed way of doing it, and I don't think people, I know right. that's confusing for the fans, so now having an absolute trade deadline is good, so I, you know, Oakland and the, the A's are locked in with what they've got now. You know the challenge. Uh, David Force is coming out uh, tomorrow. He'll, he'll be here for the weekend, and uh, trust me, that's the the first conversation we're going to have. Is look, David, see, this is a storybook year. It's magical. We're, we lead the league in runs scored. We lead the league in average. Uh, you know, help us out with a little pitching, and you know we can hopefully end it with a championship. But you're going to have to to leave some guys, and and that's where it's challenging for them because. They're in a pennant race as well, and you know you can't. Uh, you know we're the 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 role of uh, of the minor leagues is development. Uh, thankfully, one of the big developmental elements that the A's believe in is winning. So they want to teach guys how to win. They want to teach them how to uh, put a good at bat together in a late inning pressure situation. They want their pitchers to come in tight spots and get out of a jam. You know they. They they believe and I, and I agree that, that that's a big part of wanting to win. I I think, you know, the last year Mickey Calloway with the Mets said something like he didn't care if we went 0 140. Well, I'm predicting that Mickey's not going to be managing for too long with that kind of attitude. <laughs> the young guys you bring up have got to be ready to help you win in the big leagues. And there's how the hell are you going to know how to win if you if you don't win. So that'll be a consideration for the A's, but ultimately the, to win at the big league level is the whole goal, and they've got depth. Um, you know, we do have guys that are certainly going to be able to help them 
but yeah, you can only play eight guys at a time and, and one pitcher. So, you know, it doesn't make sense to take guys. That that's all one of the I think that the to me the the point I want to make is that to them is that you know, it, if you're going to bring guys up, I hopefully you're going to play them. And if they're not going to play, they're better off to stay here and uh, and get at bats and get innings and you know hopefully get a chance to win a championship and uh you know that's that's kind of the message and that's hard from a financial standpoint for the players that's the that's the the conundrum that the the management of the A's are going to have true that you met Kerry Buboltz of the Golden Knights earlier on in your career way back uh I'm trying to think of the year and Jim I I sit here I'm freaking getting old but <laughs> we uh we had a company Mandalay Baseball Properties we owned the Stars and the Thunder Right uh, here in Vegas, we had uh, the Lake Elsinore Storm and the Cali. The, the Stickneys were a, a founding partner of that, as as was yeah. I. Uh, we had uh, Rancho Cucamonga was Hank's team. Ken had uh, Lake Elsinore, and then we we developed uh, the Dayton franchise in the Midwest League, and then we bought the Erie franchise in the Eastern League, and then we got uh, the Hagerstown franchise in the Carolina League, and uh, partnered with the Yankees on Scranton-Wilkes-Barre in the International League, and then we partnered with the Rangers on a team in Frisco, Texas. And when we did the deal in Frisco, uh, the Rangers had to allow us to go into their territory. Just, it's actually 40 miles north of Arlington Stadium where the Dr. Pepper Park is where Frisco plays and uh, it it was not too dissimilar to this it was a a hurry to get the thing done and Tom Hicks was at that time the owner of the Rangers and the owner of the Dallas Stars and uh, we came into the market we moved our franchise from Shreveport, Louisiana into Frisco and uh, you know didn't had a crew of people that they knew Shreveport. Nobody really knew the, the Dallas market or the Dallas Metroplex like that. So Tom was our partner. Uh, we were 50-50 partners with him in that deal, and he agreed, and which really, I think, helped make that one of the great franchises in minor league history. Uh, the Stars in particular, because they were more north of, of the Rangers, but the Stars and Rangers, ticket sales and sponsorship sales staff helped our staff uh, open doors, and, and Kerry was on that staff. Kerry was one of the yeah. sales managers for the Stars at that time. So yeah, we we did interface, uh, and briefly, I was not a, a day in and day out guy in Frisco. I was kind of helped put the whole deal together on the front end, and then get out of the way. So, but yeah, Kerry's a great guy, very talented, done an unbelievable job here. Uh, you know, that's one of the things. To, to even to give the Knights and Kerry some credit, what they've done on the ice and with uh, you know George McPhee, uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, you know now Kelly McCrimmon, that that group from a hockey perspective has done. You know, it. it I, I know the the Washington folks are kicking themselves for letting George get away, and you know the Panthers are kicking themselves for letting Gerard get away, but. Yeah. Kerry's done. What Kerry and his staff have done, Brian Killingsworth and that whole crew. From a you know from a business perspective and uh, you know the show they put on the the consistent level of excitement and entertainment when in between periods or you know when play stops the 
the way they, I mean, they're very diligent about uh, making sure that the, the folks at T-Mobile you know, have all their I's dotted and T's crossed when it comes to food and beverage and service and security and ushers. And, you know, Carrie deserves a ton of credit because it's not easy, you know, and, and you it, it you know it, it takes a lot of people to make it happen, but the, the guy at the top has to have vision and has to allow his people to get out there and do their thing. And I think one of the real reasons for their continued success and the the, the excitement that they've brought to our community is because the job Kerry's done, you know, pushing the right buttons from a business perspective. So I and you know he he again a great guy been a great asset to our community and you know what the knights have done obviously everybody knows about that yeah one of those guys who just kind of quietly goes about his business he's and, not uh, looking to, to feather his own nest or get to get his name in the paper all that and you know hopefully some older guy we've some of us figured that out and that's probably why we stick <laughs> so don what will be happening uh, at the ballpark during the off season where what are some of the things that are planned over there we just announced uh, yesterday we're going to do a series of movie nights. We're going to let people come in and show different movies on the on the scoreboard and That's put a blanket out on the field. And it, it's a again, it's there's not a whole lot of uh, you, you take ideas that other teams have done that have worked, and it, I think it'll. Yeah. I know it's going to be fun. Uh, we're working really hard to put a couple concerts together. You know, baseball. Uh, everybody tries to make, or a lot of people in today's world are trying to make baseball stadiums into soccer and football venues, and it just doesn't work because it's just not configured appropriately. What we are configured appropriately for is uh, is concerts. You know, this is it's like an amphitheater setting, and we're working really hard to try to get some shows uh, in here in the off season. You know, the fall. The weather here, September, October, November. I think that's the nicest. I know it's the nicest time of the year. I've been here yeah. my whole life, and it, right. you can count on the weather. Uh, the weather here is always pretty good compared to most places, but it's it's especially nice during the the fall. So we're doing that. Uh, you know, we're talking. To, we've got a lot of uh, different charities. In fact, uh, Ronald McDonald House folks say. When I hang up from you, I got to jump on a call with them uh, about doing a big gala here in uh, in the club. Uh, you know, just anything we're open to anything. You know, we're new. We we've, we've we've got to learn. You know, there no's not an option. You know, it's uh, it's let's figure out how to make something work. And anything, any and everything is going to happen. We're going to do some uh, uh, beer festivals, Oktoberfest. Got to do that. Yeah, that fits. Yes. Stuff around the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, uh, uh, you know, the Christmas season, things that's it's just a lot of stuff that other stadiums do to keep the, the building active in the off season. And we're going to, you know, get out there and get as much done as we can and then come back in 2020 and be the, the best baseball venue in the country again. And, uh, you know, hopefully. We're going to do some major league exhibition games. We're going to hopefully we may have a chance to do some world baseball qualifier games. Uh, we've talked to some uh, major college conferences about doing a preseason tournament. We've talked to conferences about having the conference tournaments here, uh, American Legion state tournament we just had. We'll have the high school playoffs here. We'll right. You know, that's it. it we're, we're there. There's not a lot to tell you. There's no off season anymore. I'll tell you that, Jim. I, 
Yeah. Good old days are over, baby. <laughs> well, you sound as revitalized and as excited as ever, too. It's it's uh, always great to talk baseball with you, Don. And we look forward to uh, the end of the season as we uh, head towards the playoffs. And we hope to see you out at the ballpark soon. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. All right, Don. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So much excitement ahead for Don Logan and the Las Vegas Aviators, including a lot of activity in the offseason. That brings us to the end of this edition of Spectrum. Thank you for listening. I do hope to see you back here next Sunday at 7.30. Spectrum is hosted, written, and produced by Jim Tofty. If you have suggestions on future guests or topics, please send them to spectrum at smiradio.com.